Chapter 21 of Afloat on the Ohio. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Timothy Livright. Chapter 21 The Cumberland and the Tennessee, Stately Solitudes, Old Fort Massac dead towns in egypt the last camp cairo opposite metropolis illinois saturday june ninth as we were dressing this morning at half past five the echoes were again awakened by the vociferous negro on the kentucky shore who was going out to his work again as noisy as ever one of our own black men walked down the bank ostensibly to light his pipe at the breakfast fire but really to satisfy a pardonable curiosity regarding us the singing brother on the mainland appeared to amuse him and he paused to listen saying dat yeah nigger he got too loud voice then when he had left our camp and regained the top of the bank he leaned upon his hoe and yelled say nigger there where you get that mule who you hollering at you brack island nigger was the quick reply you land nigger you think you smart i so smart i don't want no living on island with gang boss and not loud go away the tuneful darkie had evidently here touched a tender spot for our man turned back into the field to his work and the other kicking the mule into action trotted off to the tune of there's a meeting here tonight we went up into the field to see the laborers cultivating corn the sun was blazing hot without a breath of air stirring but the great black fellows seemed to mind it not chattering away to themselves like magpies and keeping up their conversation by shouts when separated from each other at the ends of plough rows a natural levee eight and ten feet high and studded with large tree willows rims in the island farm like the edge of a basin we were told that this served as a barrier only against the june fresh for the regular spring floods invariably swamp the place but what is left within the bowl when the outer waters subside soon leaches through the sandy soil after passing the pretty shores of dog island not far below the bold dark headland of cumberland island soon bursts upon our view we follow the narrow eastern channel in order to greet the cumberland river nine hundred and nine miles which halfway down its island namesake at the woe-begone little village of smithland kentucky empties a generous flood into the ohio the cumberland perhaps a quarter of a mile wide debouches through high clay banks which might readily be melted in the turbulent cross currents produced by the mingling of the rivers but to avoid this the government engineers have built a wing dam running out from the foot of the cumberland nearly halfway into the main river this quickly unites the two streams and the reinforced ohio is therefore perceptibly widened tramp steamers are numerous on these lower reaches we have seen perhaps a dozen such to-day stopping at the farm landings as well as at the crude and infrequent hamlets mere notches of settlement in the wooded lines of shore doing a small business in chance cargoes and in passengers who flag them from the bank a sultry atmosphere has been with us through the day 
The glassy surface of the river has, when not lashed into foam by passing boats, dazzled the eyes most painfully. The hills from below Stewart's Island have receded on either side, generally leaving either low, broad, heavily timbered bottoms, or high clay banks which stretch back wide plains of yellow and gray cornland, frequently inundated but highly productive. Now and then the encroaching river has remained too long in some belt of forest, and we have great clumps of dead trees which spring aloft in stately picturesqueness, thickly clad the limb-tips with Virginia creeper. A bit of shaly hillside occasionally abuts upon the river, though less frequently than above and often such a spur has lying at its feet a row of half-immersed boulders delicately carpeted with mosses and with clinging vines. The Tennessee River, 918 miles, the largest of the Ohio's tributaries, is where it enters about half the width of the latter, coming down through a broad forested bottom with several pretty islands off its mouth it presents a pleasing picture here again the government has been obliged to put in costly works to stop the ravages of the mingling torrents in the soft alluvial banks the ohio with the united waters of the cumberland and the tennessee henceforth flows majestically to the mississippi a full mile wide between her shores paducah thirteen thousand inhabitants next to louisville kentucky's most important river port lies on a high plain just below the tennessee it is a stirring little city with the usual large proportion of negroes and the outdoor business life everywhere met with in the south sawmills iron plants and shipyards line the bank at the wharf are large steamers doing a considerable business up the cumberland and tennessee and between paducah and cairo and st louis there is a considerable ferry business to and from the illinois suburb of brooklyn seven miles below the tennessee on the illinois side we sought relief from the blazing sun within the mouth of seven mile creek which is cut deep through sloping banks of mud and overhung by great sprawling sycamores these always interest us from the generosity of their height and girth and from their great variety of colored tones induced by the patchy scaling of the bark soft grays buffs greens and ivory whites prevailing when sufficiently refreshed in this cool bower we ventured once more into the fierce light of the open river and two miles below shot into the broader and more inviting massac creek nine hundred and twenty eight miles just as of old george rogers clark did with his little flotilla when en route to capture kaskaskia clark in his journal written long after the event said that this creek is a mile above fort massac his memory failed him as a matter of fact the steep low hill of iron-stained gravel and clay on which the old stronghold was built is but two hundred yards below footnote a the french commander who in october seventeen fifty eight evacuated and burned fort duquesne on the approach of the english army under general forbes dropped down the ohio for nearly a thousand miles and built quote, a fort on the beautiful eminence on the north bank of the river end quote but there was a fortified post on this hillock at a much earlier date about seventeen eleven 
erected as a headquarters for missionaries and to guard french fur traders from marauding cherokees and pownall's map notes one here in seventeen fifty one this fort of seventeen fifty eight was but an enlarged addition of the old the new stronghold with a garrison of a hundred men was the last built by the french upon the ohio and it was occupied by them until they evacuated the country in seventeen sixty three england does not appear to have made any attempt to repair and occupy the works then destroyed by the french although urged to do so by her military agents in the west had they held fort massac no doubt clark's expedition to capture the northwest for the americans might easily have been nipped in the bud as it was the old fortress was a ruin when he reposed on the banks of the creek at its feet when in seventeen ninety three to seventeen ninety four the french agent genet was fomenting his scheme for capturing louisiana and florida from spain by the aid of western filibusters old fort massac was thought of as a rallying point and a base of supplies but st clair's proclamation of march twenty fourth seventeen ninety four ordering general wayne to restore and garrison the place for the purpose of preventing the proposed expedition from passing down the river ended the conspiracy and genet left the country a year later spain who had at intervals sought to detach the westerners from the union and ally them with her interests beyond the mississippi renewed her attempts at corrupting the kentuckians and gained to her cause no less a man than george rogers clark himself among other designs fort massac was to be captured by the adventurers whom spain was to supply with the sinews of war there was much mysterious correspondence between the latter's corruption agent thomas power and the american general wilkinson at detroit but finally power in disguise was sent out of the country under guard by way of fort massac and his escape into spanish territory practically ended this interesting episode in western history the fort was occupied as a military post by our government until the close of the war of eighteen twelve to eighteen fifteen what we see today are the ruins of the establishment then abandoned no doubt the face of this rugged promontory of gravel has within a century suffered much from floods but the remains of the earthwork on the crest of the cliff some fifty feet above the present river stage are still easily traceable throughout the fort was about forty yards square with a bastion at each corner there are the remains of an unstoned well near the center the ditch surrounding the earthwork is still some two and a half or three feet below the surrounding level and the breastwork about two feet above the inner level no doubt palisades once surmounted the work and were relied upon as the chief protection from assault the grounds a pleasant grassy grove several acres in extent are now enclosed by a rail fence and neatly maintained as a public park by the little city of metropolis which lies not far below it was a commanding view of land and river which was enjoyed by the garrison of old fort massac upstream there is a straight stretch of eleven miles to the mouth of the tennessee both up and down the shore lines are under full survey until they melt away in the distance no enemy could well surprise the holders of this key to the lower ohio 
Our camp is on the sandy beach opposite Metropolis and 200 yards below the Kentucky end of the ferry. Behind us lies a deep forest with sycamores six and eight feet in diameter, a country road curving off through the woods to the sparse rustic settlement lying some two miles in the interior on higher ground than this wooded bottom which is annually overflowed. Now and then the blustering little steam ferry comes across to land Kentucky farm folk and their mules going home from a Saturday's shopping in Metropolis. Occasionally a fisherman passes, lagging on his oars to scan us in our quarters, and from one of them we purchased a fish. As the still cool night crept on, Metropolis was astir. Across the mile of intervening water darted tremulous shafts of light. We heard voices singing and laughing, a fiddle in its highest notes, the puffing of a stationary engine, and the bay and yelp of countless dogs. Later, a packet swooped down with smothered roar and threw its electric searchlight on the city wharf, revealing a crowd of negroes gathered there, like moths in the radiance of a candle. There were gay shouts and a mad scampering. We could see it all as plainly as if in ordinary light had been but a third of the distance. And then the roustabouts struck up a weird song as they ran out the gangplank and, laden with boxes and bales, began swarming ashore like a procession of black ants carrying pupa cases. Mound City Towhead, Sunday, 10th. During the night, burglarous pigs would have raided our larder, but the crash of a falling kettle wakened us suddenly, as did geese, the ancient Romans. The doctor and I sallied forth in our pajamas with clods of clay in hand to send the enemy flying back into the forest, snorting and squealing with baffled rage. We were afloat at half-past seven, under an unclouded sky, with the sun sharply reflected from the smooth surface of the river and the temperature rapidly mounting. The Fort Massac Ridge extends downstream as far as Mound City, but soon degenerates into a ridge of clay varying in height from twenty-five to fifty feet above the water level. Upon the low-lying bottom of the Kentucky shore is still an interminable dark line of forest. The settlements are meager and now wholly in Illinois. For instance, Joppa, 936 miles, a row of a half-dozen unpainted dilapidated buildings, chiefly stores and abandoned warehouses, bespeaking a river traffic of the olden time that has gone to decay. A hot, dreary baking spot, this Joppa, as it lies sprawling upon the clay ridge, flanked by a low, wide gravel beach on which gaunt, bell-ringing cows are wandering, eating the leaves of fallen trees for lack of better pasturage. Our pilot map of sixty years ago records the presence of Wilkinsonville, 942 miles, on the site of Old Fort Wilkinson of the War of 1812-15, to but no one along the banks appears to have ever heard of it. However, after much searching, we found the place for ourselves on an eminence of fifty feet with two or three farmhouses as the sole relics of the old establishment. Caledonia, Olmsted Post Office, nine miles down, consists of several large buildings on a hill set well back from the river. Mound City, 959 miles, the America of our time-warm map, in whose outskirts we are camped tonight as a busy town with furniture factories, lumber mills, shipyards, and a railway transfer. 
Below that stretches the vast extent of swamp and low woodland on which Cairo, 967 miles, has with infinite pains been built, like, quote, brave little Holland, end quote, holding her own against the flood solely by virtue of her encircling dike. Houseboats have been few today, and they of the shanty order, and generally stranded high upon the beach. One sees now and then on the Illinois ridge the cheap log or frame house of a cracker, the very picture of desolate despair. But on the Kentucky shore are few signs of life, for the bottom lies so low that it is frequently inundated, and settlement ventures no nearer than two or three miles from the riverside a fisherman comes occasionally into view upon this wide expanse of wood and water and clay banks sometimes we hail him in passing always getting a respectful answer but a stare of innocent curiosity our last home upon the ohio is facing the kentucky shore on the cleanly sand beach of mound city towhead a small island which in times of high water is but a bar the tent is screened in a willow clump just below us on higher ground sycamores soar heavenward gaily festooned with vines hiding from us mound city in the illinois mainland across the river a kentucky negro is singing in the gloaming but it is over a mile away and while the tune is plain the words are lost children's voices and the bay of hounds come wafted to us from the northern shore a steamer's wake rolls along our island strand dangerously near the campfire the river is still falling however and we no longer fear the encroachments of the flood the doctor and i found a secluded nook where in the moonlight we took our final plunge it is sad this bidding good-bye to the stream which has floated us so merrily for a thousand miles from the mountains down to the plain we elders linger long by the last campfire to talk in fond reminiscence of the six weeks afloat while the boy no doubt dreams peacefully of houseboats and fishermen of gigantic bridges and flashing steel plants of coal mines and oil wells of pioneers and indians and all that of six weeks of kaleidoscopic sensations at an age when the mind is keenly active and the heart open to impressions which can never be dimmed so long as his little life shall last cairo monday eleventh at our island camp last night we were but nine miles from the mouth of the ohio a distance which could easily have been made before sundown but we preferred to reach our destination in the morning the better to arrange for railway transportation hence our agreeable pause upon the towhead before embarking for the last run this morning we made a neat heap on the beach of such of our stores edible and wearable as had been requisite to the trip but were not worth the cost of sending home feeling confident that some passing fisherman would soon be tempted ashore to inspect this curious landmark and yet might be troubled by nice scruples as to the policy of appropriating the find we conspicuously labeled it abandoned by the owners the finder is welcome to the lot quickly passing mound city now bustling with life pilgrim closely skirted the monotonous clay banks of illinois swept rapidly under the monster railway bridge which stalks high above the flood and loses itself over the tree-tops of the kentucky bottom and at a quarter past eight o'clock was pulled up at cairo with the mississippi in plain sight over there through the opening in the forest in another hour or two she will be housed in a box-car 
and we her crew having again donned the garb of landsmen will be speeding toward our northern home this pilgrimage but a memory such a memory as we dropped below the towhead the boy for once silent wistfully gazed astern when at last pilgrim had been hauled upon the railway levee and the doctor and i had gone to summon the shipping clerk the lad looked pleading into w s face in tones half choked with tears he expressed the sentiment of all mother is it really ended why can't we go back to brownsville and do it all over again footnote a in the evening of the same day i ran my boats into a small creek about one mile above the old fort missick reposed ourselves for the night and in the morning took a route to the northwest clark's letter to mason End chapter twenty one